This episode of the Policing Matters podcast is sponsored by Lexible and their digital media community, Police One. Access free COVID-19 policies, courses, and additional resources through Lexipol's Coronavirus Learning and Policy Center. Available at coronavirus.lexipol.com. Hello, and thank you for clicking, and thank you for listening to Policing Matters, the Police One podcast. I'm Doug Wiley. Hey, this is Jim Dudley. Um, some jurisdictions, Jim, are reconsidering the definition, and I'm going to put finger quotes in the air once again, as I often do, the term juvenile as it relates to the prosecution of criminal activity. Um, California lawmakers, uh, I believe, and I think it was you who raised this with me, uh, are contemplating um, a piece of legislation that would change the definition of juvenile from 17 to 19 years old. Uh, Let me do a quick reader here. The offer of the bill, Democratic Senator Nancy Skinner says that, quote, under the bill, 18 and 19-year-olds would be treated as juveniles in criminal proceedings. She added in a statement on our website, quote, when teenagers make serious mistakes and commit crimes, state prison is not the answer. Prosecuting teenagers through the criminal through the juvenile justice system will help ensure that they receive appropriate education, counseling, treatment, and rehabilitation services necessary to achieve real public safety outcomes. Um, okay, let's unpack that for a minute. I'm going to use a very personal story. I went to college. Um, well, several different colleges before I finally figured out which one was the right one for me. Uh, I finally ended up at the University of Maryland. Um, my last name begins with W, and so did the last name of a person who was, I want to say, around six foot seven, 250, 260 pounds. Um, he was a forward for our basketball team, Go Terps, Fear the Turtle. Um, and he and I became friends. You know, we just happened to pal around a little bit. You know, he was this incredibly gifted athlete, giant person. He was a year younger than me and easily outweighed me by a hundred and some odd pounds. I wouldn't consider this guy, who I'm only going to refer to as W, um, as a juvenile at the age of 19. I wouldn't consider him a juvenile at the age of 18. I might not even consider him a juvenile at the age of 17. He was a giant, powerful human being, and he never committed any crimes that I'm aware of. He was always a really nice dude, but you can't just say because you're this age, you're not this kind of a threat because there are, you know, I'll go back to, let's say, Michael Brown in Ferguson, giant of a man. I think he was probably in the vicinity of 18, 19 years old at the time. Um, You know, there's so many examples of people who are unnaturally large, unnaturally potentially dangerous, and who maybe potentially have committed crimes and might be needing to serve time as an adult. Am I wrong about that? Well, I think you fall into the trap of the argument of that's their physical size, Doug. I mean, you're, you're talking about their physical size. And um, there are fifth graders that are four feet tall and fifth graders that are five feet tall. And um, mentally, they're the same, right? Or maybe not. Or maybe not. But I mean, that's the argument. I, yeah, I, I have a hard time 
seeing this side of the argument. <laughs> but when they are big enough and strong enough and could put a beat down on you and have the intent formed to do that, then they should no longer be treated as a ch- child in my book. Yeah. But now we're seeing um, states like Missouri and Vermont, not, not raise the age to 21, but I think... Missouri raised their uh, juvenile age to include 18-year-olds, and Vermont is going to go to 20 by 2022. That's their plan. Mm-hmm. And, of course, California wants to say that a juvenile is now uh, age 21. That's the proposal. Well, we've seen this coming already. I mean, we've seen the, the harm reduction uh, in taking away the discretion of prosecutors of charging juveniles as adults by law now we've changed that through a through a ballot initiative now in california judges will make the determination of whether or not a juvenile should be tried as an adult and again back to your argument of um heinous rape heinous murder by a six foot three 200 pound 17 year old Mm -hmm. by the grace of whoever they're a year away from state prison rather than a juvenile holding facility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now it's up to a judge to, um, you know, and are judges uh, swayed by politics? Of course. Sometimes they are, right? If they get elected or appointed, they might. there might be some incentive on which to charge or not charge. So, I mean, there, there's that politi- politization of juveniles who commit crimes. If you go, if you look under the studies of brain development, you'll see studies that say that the brain isn't fully developed until age 23, and there's some that say up to age 25. So we're talking 21 now. Can will it shift up to 23? God forbid, will it shift up to 25? Um, I think we should create a bail schedule that takes. You know, a, a form of a bail schedule that says if they did this crime, they should be charged as an adult. If they answer this survey within this area, they can be tried as an adult. I, rather than leave it up to the politics of, again, uh, unless we go by a barcode, there's an individual sitting across from a judge and uh, what, whatever uh, sympathetic view they have of the individual, they, they that may influence how they charge, whether as an adult or a juvenile. You know, and I think that, you know, we, we talked about this um, a week or two ago, I can't recall, but, you know, we were talking about bail reform and, and, and putting numbers on things and not having the discretion to make the determination. Now, I'm going to go uh, to a different example. Um, there have been people that I've seen um, in the criminal justice system here just in San Francisco who were considered juveniles. They were 14, 15, 16 years old. They were not the same stature as W, my, my buddy from college. Small kids, but they committed multiple murders. And so you have a person who's, let's say for a hypothetical example, a 14-year-old person, member of a gang. We talked about gangs two or three weeks ago. Um, member of a gang has all of the tattoos has you know has been indoctrinated from birth practically uh, as being a member of you know fill in the blank it's the ms-13 it's the zetas whomever it is 
this person has committed one or two murders in a drive or is accused of I'm going to back it up again is <laughs> yeah. accused of committing one or two murders in a drive-by shooting in fill in the blank neighborhood in fill in the blank city in 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 in, the, in San Francisco or or in California a judge a DA um, a grand jury should have the capability of saying look this person has a long criminal history is very probably going to reoffend potentially fatally we need to charge this person as an adult even though they're 14 because we need to keep this person separated from civil society am i wrong about that no i mean depending on the facts of that crime, of the case yeah. i think you're right yeah um, you know, and, you know, we, we've talked over the course of the last couple of weeks, you know, bail reform, gang injunctions, gang enhancements, all of these things that I think one of the common themes of the last several weeks of podcasts has been that there has to be this level of discretion, whether it's the level of discretion on the part of an officer. In the case of a use of force, we talked about MMA fighting. We talked about, you know, dealing with someone who has greater capabilities with hand-to-hand combat than you, and you have at your disposal tools that ensure that you win the fight, right? Yep. And you have, again, this, this thing with, you know, gang enhancement, gang injunctions being kind of withdrawn from the common common use if you will in ensuring that you know uh, citizens are kept safe from various threats we talked about the bail reform and all of that so it it kind of feels like we're coming to a really interesting conclusion of, of several weeks of podcasts and defining juveniles and what is a juvenile now you know i'm going to make a joke here but i'm not making light of the of the of the issue I'm 52 years old. My wife would tell you I basically am a 13-year-old boy in a 52-year-old body. So, you know, there's there's people who would argue I'm still a darn juvenile, but I'm not. Um, there's But it, to, to bring it back to all seriousness, the, the brain development of a person is individual. It's not something that you can put a number on. It's not a data point. It's how is that person mentally disabled? Uh, do they have a developmental disability? What, where is that person in their life? And it has to be judged individually. Yep. I, I think we go back to a judge. Uh, when you talk about younger children who commit crimes, who commit heinous crimes, maybe murder, that you have a judge who questions the 11-year-old to know if they know from right and wrong, to know that if they kill someone, it means they're really dead. It's not uh, a TV program where, they'll, where they see him again in another show or after the commercial break. Mm-hmm. So uh, whether it's dedicated judges who are bipartisan, who are um, totally in the best interest of victims, as well as the interest of, of a child who may not know any better uh, that it comes down to the criteria and that it's not it's not based on emotion or sentimentality or empathy for the family of the living perpetrator but also to take into consideration the living family or survivors of the victim i think that to 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 put a kind of a bow on it it's not a one size fits all situation. Right, right. I think that you have to address all of these individually. Um, and to your point, you know, there are people who are um, 25, 27, 8, 29 years old who are really basically 
developmentally in their early teens or preteens. And, and that needs to be taken into account um, in every given case. And yeah, you have to take into account the victims and the crime and all of that sort of thing. The totality of the circumstance, as we often say. Uh, what's going on in your jurisdiction? Um, send us an email to policingmatters at police1.com. That is policingmatters at police1.com. Thank you again for listening.